if you're not a note taker, become one today. On the bulletins, on the bag, it's a space. And you take notes because we're all getting old. And you will forget. Notes is a, is a place for you to go back to it. Stick it in your Bible. Stick it on your refrigerator. Stick it on your mirror in your bathroom. Wherever you visit most. For us, it's the refrigerator. Anyway, just stick it up there. So you're constantly reminded. What was that that Pastor Brenda preached? What was that that she shared? What was those things? And I'm going to tell you. I'll go through the message a couple times and just stop and say, this is what you need to write down. All right? So besides the fact that my iPad, it might die in the middle of it, but I've got a battery. I might have to pop in one of those things that happen. Let's just dive right in to the message this morning. So have you ever had one of those days and wonder, what did you do to deserve this? Consider that maybe you're doing everything right. And that's why your not-so-good day is happening. Why would anyone think that something bad could really be a good thing? That's almost sick. And yet that's exactly how God laid it out in our main scripture for today's message. Write this down. Romans 8, 28. This is a good one to memorize. Romans 8. 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Let's pray. Father, right now, we just take captive every thought and we make it obedient to you that our minds would be open, our ears would be open, and our hearts would be prepared and open and ready to receive your word this morning, that life would come from this word this morning, that chains would be broke from the word this morning, that lives would be changed from the word this morning. Jesus' name. There are 3,573 promises in the Bible. And yet to me, I believe that Romans 8.28 crowns all the other promises. You can actually pick promises that are very specific to whatever you're going through. But when it seems like nothing can compare with what you're going through, Romans 8.28 puts it all together. It's the one promise that can cover any situation. Today's message is not just about the promise, though. I want to talk to you about the process. And I've actually titled today's message very simply, The Process to the Promise. The Process to the Promise. You see, for us, it's all about the promise. Boy, we want to quote those 3,573 verses, those promises. Quote them. It's all about the promise. I, I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. 
me is like those little seagulls on that one finding Nemo. Mine, 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 mine. But for God, it's all about the process. For us, it's all about the promise. But for God, it's all about the process. I believe, you might want to write this down, I believe God gives us promises to reward our faithfulness through the process. I believe God gives us promises to reward our faithfulness through the process. It's kind of like that milk bone dog biscuit for your dog when you come home and they didn't tear up your couch, pee on your floor, or grab one of your good pair of shoes out of your closet. shoes. Good boy. Didn't pee on the couch. Good girl. The milk bone dog is promises. I believe God rewards us with them for our faithfulness through the process. But again, our mindset is we just want the promise. Mine, 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 mine. Process? No, thank you. I'll just take the like the drive-thru. You, you pull up there and you say, yes, I would like a quarter pound or triple cheese, you know, no onions, extra pickle, and ketchup. See, I want my order my way. Oh, the Bible's nice, and it's laid all out there beautifully, but I'll just pick and choose what I want, and I like 3,573 of those promises without the process. Thank you very much. Pull up to the second window. God says, No reward for your faithfulness through the process. See, let me explain it this way. Why do women who have went through the pain of childbirth keep having babies? Men, let me ask you. If you're working out there which you don't know anything about this great big electrical panel but something's wrong so long so you want to go to it and pull that face off it and let's just poke around in it a minute and as we're poking around one of them got you so you look around nobody saw that I'm not gonna touch that one again let's poke around over here right because the pain you're not gonna do that again I remember when I was in high school, I started out in home ec. Back in my days, all the girls went to home ec. All the guys went to shop. Not that old. I spent one week in home ec, and the teacher went down to the took me down to the principal's office and said she cannot be in here with me. And so he said, "Well, Brenda, there's only shop." I said, "That's what I wanted to do in the first place." So I went to wood shop. You do wood shop before you do metal shop. And in wood shop, I looked around and I thought, tools. See, my dad treated me like, you know, not just a little girl and staying. He let me get in all his tools and with the cars and under the cars. So I was at heaven when I went to wood shop. I looked for the biggest machine. (laughs) Grabbed a piece of wood, stuck it on there, fastened it on. You know, the teacher gave me some instructions. Started it spinning, 
grabbed my tool and he said, you know, slowly and surely. And I'm like, no, I can get this done fast. And I didn't even brace myself. I jammed my tool in there. It flung halfway across the class, almost hitting why the shop teachers are always missing fingers. I don't know. But anyway, almost hitting my shop teacher. It almost ripped off four of my fingers when it, you know, ripped the tool out of my hand. But he walked back over and I'm holding my hand and trying not to cry because I'm tough. And he says, Brenda. And I had already thought this, but he just, his, you know, comment just kind of confirmed it. He goes, that pain will remind you never to do that again, won't it? And I said, yes. Well, let me ask you. So why do women who go through the pain of childbirth keep having kids? Uh Uh-huh. Because the promise of what's to come far outweighs the pain in the process. The promise of what's to come far outweighs the pain
Abraham waited 25 years for the promised son. That's 25 years of laying with the, I mean, it's, well, you think about it. 25 years. 25 years. Anyway, Joseph waited 14 years in prison. In prison for a crime he never committed. Waiting for his dreams that God gave him to be fulfilled. Job waited 60 to 70 years for God's process to be complete and the blessings to be restored to a righteous man. Even God himself bragged about it. There's a process to the promise. So let's dig in a little bit farther to some of these. Turn with me over Psalms 105. Psalms 105. They all look like 105. Okay. Still believing for a miracle in my sight. Or I need to put down the pride and put on my glasses, right? Be quiet, Linda. I heard that. the eye doctor last time I was there. After he did everything, got my glasses already, he goes, Brenda, you know I could have fitted you for uh, contacts. I'm like, you mean I don't have to do this all the time? He said, well, you didn't ask. I said, that'll preach. <laughs> have not because he asked not. Thinking I already have a $500 bill. I'm not asking right now. to still come up on my iPad here. Let's try it again. All right, we tried that. It said, hand me my phone. I told you, everything, every little fox. Don't get out my glasses, Brian. I know what you're trying to do. text up baby it's big only has two words per line but I can read it <laughs> alright Psalms 105 in this chapter and in the next the writer begins to recount the story of Israel's deliverance starting at the promise made to Abraham that God would give his people the promised land then we pick up in verse 16, where Joseph is introduced into this process to the promise. Verse 16, it says, He called for a famine in the land of Canaan, cutting off its food supply. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave 
They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dreams the Lord tested Joseph's character God had given Joseph two dreams confirming in him a promise that he would one day rule over the land and yet the answer came through his brothers beating him up tossing him in a well and then selling him as a slave to strangers who were passing by. And then just as things started to look better for him, the master's wife accused him of raping her all because he wanted to choose, and he did choose, what was right by running from temptation. Then according to the verse that we just read, Joseph was kept in prison, some say between 11 and 14 years, so the Lord could test his character. That's the process to the promise. The original promise that God would bring his people to the promised land continues through Psalms 105. The writer describes Joseph bringing his family to Egypt and how the Israelites became slaves. The promised deliverer Moses came on the scene. God performs miracle after miracle. And then finally it happens. Pharaoh lets his, not his people, God's people go. The door has been open to their promised land but it was going to take a journey to get there but the journey was only supposed to be 11 days long so why did it take 40 years because there's a process to the promise yeah they could have done it in 11 days but they weren't ready for that promise. There's a process to the promise. And it took them 40 years. And then it goes down into verse 45. It says all this happened, all the things they went through, the 40 years that they went through, all this happened so they would learn to follow him. God says follow his decrees and obey his instructions. The process took 40 years to teach them an 11-day lesson. Then, when they were on the skirts of the promised land, Moses, their leader, was dying and appoints his successor, Joshua. He'll be taking you into the promised land. Turn with me over to Joshua, chapter 1 try to get there before you. It's the first time I didn't copy down my scriptures and throw it in my notes. I'm like, eh, I'll just read it. I can go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's read. Here it is. So Joshua is 
being appointed as Moses' successor, here's the beautiful words, the Lord's charge to Joshua. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Woohoo! No, it wasn't that. Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land I have given you. From one place of the wilderness to this other place. The mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of these people and those people. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all my instructions that Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Everything you do. What a charge. Lord laid out a promise there for Joshua that could excite even the stone-cold heart, lazy, wood-is-wet type of person. It's a charge. There's the promise. We can do it. There's still a process. God had a process for Joshua to go through before reaching this promise. So now turn over with me to Joshua chapter 3. Starting at verse 7. I can see it. Yeah. Starting at verse 7, it says, The Lord then told Joshua, Today, I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few, what does that say, steps into the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, Come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out all these ites and all these other ites and all that ites and ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. And then he goes on to explain what else they need to do. farther. Let's read that. The priest will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. Uh, as soon as they touch the water, 
the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near this other place. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed. As the people passed by, they waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Now, you can't even begin to understand the immenseness of this miracle and the process that Joshua had to go through when you just read it like this. It was another pastor I was listening to that encouraged me to press in and to study that scripture and what really happened. There was a process behind that. When Joshua told the priest to take up the ark, and, and I don't know how many pounds the ark was. I'm assuming it wasn't a light thing because real wood made well is heavy. Holding the ark, stepping into the, was it just a stream? No, it was a raging river that was overflowing. The harvest season, it said, did it say harvest season? Yeah, it said harvest season. That means that flood level. He could have waited till it was just a trickling stream, but no, it was that flood stage. Step in there now, holding the ark. So, I mean, you got to think about holding that ark like this. The verse makes it sound like it was immediate. No, it said up some distance up in a city called Adam. It started to stop started to stop. The process took two hours before they started seeing the water recede at where they were standing. Could you imagine what was going through Joshua's mind? Could you imagine? I mean, I really want to believe the priests were really godly people holding the ark like this as the water's beating against them for two hours. Do you believe he heard from it? Is this what we're supposed to be doing? Are you sure you heard from God? You know, maybe this thing will flow. What if we just, you know, two hours. Now, what do you think was going through Joshua's mind? I, if he was me, he would have been pacing. Come on, come on, come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. You did tell me. Where's the water at? The le Oh, come on, Lord. Come on. Did he call me or was that the pizza the night before? Was that really the Lord's voice? Come on, have you ever thought that? I don't know if that was the Lord, no. I mean, it could have been. When you feel like God has given you a promise and you're standing in the middle of the promise or the process, the water's flowing around, your arm's getting tired because you're holding on with all your might, the water's pressing up against you, you're hearing the grumbles of the people around you, two million Israelites they estimated 
were waiting to cross the river. Did he hear from God what's going on up there? You know, God had a little mercy. He said they needed to all stay a half mile behind the Ark of the Covenant. Because that would have just been too much for Joshua to hear. Two million complainers. You believe it? I mean, it's bad enough that how many was holding the Ark of the Covenant? I think it was 12 priests were holding that. To hear those 12 priests, Lord, I don't know, maybe you need to speak to him, God. Maybe I should have been the one that heard. There was a process two hours long. God gave him a great promise, said you will. And he even, he even gave him another one the day of and said, Today, I'm going to make you a great leader in the eyes of all these Israelites. I don't know about you, but my faith meter would have been drinkling down every tick of the clock. Looking at the water, it's not doing anything. It's not doing anything. Lord, where are you? Is this work? Maybe, maybe we're supposed to cross up here. Maybe up here. Over here. Maybe they did move around. I like that the writer, when they finally penned this, that they didn't write all that. But they let you know that the promise on the other side is worth the pain in the process. Just hold on. Believe what God has said. Hold on. The promise is right there. They could see it on the other side. But there is a process. For us, it's all about the promise. But for God, it's all about the process. Because when Joshua finally saw the water receding, and the priest is going, oh, it's going down. It's going down. It's going down. I think he is the next leader. I think we are going to be able to take Jericho. I think we are this close to the promised land. It all starts turning around. And his faith starts building. Yes, we can do. And I mean, I bet they were like caged animals. When the water started, and they're like, let me go. Let me go. And you're like, shoot the gun. Let me run. I'm a good runner for the first 10, 15 feet. I can run fast. So I'd be like, yes, I can do this. I bet that's what they were feeling. By the time that water was dry, that water was all dried up, let me through. And those priests who were so so weak, so, so tired of holding that ark for two hours, now standing there in the middle, was probably like, da 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 Because they stood there as they watched two million Israelites pass by on dry ground. We did it! Yeah! Don't tell them what we were talking about. We did it! There's a process. The process builds within us what will sustain us. The process will build within us what will sustain us. The promise rewards, remember, our faithfulness through the process. The promise, as amazing as it is, not as important as the process getting there. 
vivid imagination. When they finally reached the promised land and sat around the campfires, what do you think the campfire stories was about? Yay, we arrived. <laughs> do you remember when we were standing in the water? I remember your arm was shaking. I remember you didn't, you kept saying, I can't do it anymore, I can't do it anymore. But then, the water went down.
but the process is our responsibility. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. This is a scripture Brian and I have been standing hard upon in this last year. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. The process, our responsibility, trust God with all your heart. Don't lean on your own wisdom. Don't lean on your own reason. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him. Commit to Him. Everything you do. Everything you do. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. And then He will direct your paths. That's a promise. Your part, your responsibility, submitting to the process. I will trust you, God, with all my heart. I won't reason the whys, why this is happening. Why is it taking so long? It's not my place. You're not God. You don't need to know. You ever have kids ask you why and you just look at them and think, I don't even need to tell them why. Because I'm mom. That's why I use it because I said so. That's right. You don't need to know all the whys. Stop trying to figure it out. That's what God's for. Nowhere in his scripture, nowhere in the 3,573 promises does it say, once you figure it out, then you can have this. No. They all encourage you, trust God in all your ways. Acknowledge Him in all you do. That means commit to Him everything you do, everything you think, every motive of your heart, everything you put your hand to, and even those things you haven't yet put your hands to. Acknowledge Him and He will direct your step. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 20, 24 says, The Lord directs our steps. Sounds familiar, huh? So why are you trying to understand everything along the way? I like that. You're not directing. If you're directing your steps, then you're in the wrong. If you know why everything's happening in your life, it's because you're in control of your life, and that's wrong. If you've got big question marks in your life, big whys happening right now in your life, good. Good. This first kid that ever tried to climb its way back in the church. I like that kid. Ah, want to be with Jesus. He's out there too. It's okay. Um, big whys in your life. Big whys in your circumstances. Why is this happening to me? Why have I been going through this? Why is my 11-day journey turned into a 40-year journey? Stop trying to figure it out. Trust God with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in everything you do. What was the scripture we read at the beginning of this message? Romans 8, 28. And he will work out everything. He will work everything together for your good. For your good. Everything. So what do you do? Here it is. Bringing the plane in for a landing. 
Number one, this is what you need to do. Number one, don't buck the process. There's no opting out of this. There's no getting a pass. There's no, I'll do it later. Don't buck the process. If you want the promise, you have to submit to the process. You can't get lemonade without squeezing the lemon. You can't get pure gold without sticking it in the fire. And my dad and mom put on their Facebook, what was that? How do you turn a lump of coal into a diamond? Number two, praise God through the process. Trust him with all your heart that he is directing your steps. Don't let your 11-day journey turn into a 40-day journey because you are grumbling, complaining, trying to figure things out. When you do that, you put the pause button on your process. God says, okay, fine, we'll wait right here for you then. I was not one of those parents when my child was in the store and they asked for a candy bar and I quietly, nicely said no and they throw themselves on the ground and I've watched some of those parents are just like, okay, I'm just going to wait here until you're all done. Get up off that floor. Stand right here. We're not leaving until you're done. Or if it's not getting done right here on your own, we're going to the bathroom. No parents have ever said that one, right? We're going to the bathroom. I remember most of the time I just had to threaten, and it was good. Because really, you only have to whip your kid once. Spank, I'm sorry, don't say the word whip. Spank them on the bottom with your hand. It's not against the law. When you do that, they'll remember. Remember, what did we learn at the beginning of this, men? The pain will remind you not to do that again. So I just had to threaten, we'll go to the bathroom. And usually by the time we got to the bathroom, I was hearing kids saying, I'm good, I'm good, Mom. Mom, I'm good, I'm good. Okay, well, let's go back over here then. Except one time Isaiah, my oldest boy, was always my challenge, was in the back of Walmart. He started one of those, I don't know, probably is looking at some type of toy and wanted it. And, no, and did the throw and I pick him up. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't resolve by the time I pick you up off the floor and you're right here by my hip, we're going to the bathroom. Turned, started, and he put brakes on those legs, arm outstretched, and starts screaming, Don't beat me, Mom! I'm like, shut up! I have never beat you! He would not stop yelling that all the way to the bathroom. I'm getting all these parents looking at me. I'm like, I don't be my kids. I'm going to get you when we get in the bathroom. I'm going to get you. And I mean, he's like, don't be me. But we put that pause button. When we don't want to submit to the process and we start grumbling and complaining and not wanting to listen to God, God says, fine. years later, God's still so patient. 
patient. He's like, you ready yet? Still got that same lesson we need to teach you. How you doing? You ready to go? You are the only one that can put a pause on your promise. God doesn't want to do that. He gives you 3,573 promises. He wants you to have them. Remember, he's all about the process. We're all about the promise. We want the candy bar. We want it now. We want the cake after service, and we want it before lunch. Who ever thought of that? I don't know. Sorry for the ones with young kids today. I'm sorry. What's going to happen to you later? Anyway, if you feel stuck in your process, though, unable to reach your promised land do something different do you know the very definition of the word insanity is continuing to do the same thing and expecting a different result if you're not reaching your promise do something different how about listen to God because if you put the pause button he was trying to teach you something right there Okay, number three, don't lose sight of the promise. Or in other words, don't lose hope that the promise is coming. When you're in the third hour or the 18th hour or the 27th hour of labor, don't lose sight of the promise. Something better is coming. And it can't compare to the pain will be worth it all. Don't lose hope. Keep believing for the promise. Keep speaking the promise. Get up and start moving toward the promise. So let me close by just asking you a couple questions. If you would just bow your heads, just close your eyes a second. I want to ask you, have you ever, or are you now, are you now caught so long in this process that you've forgotten your promise? Did you somewhere along your journey put the pause button on because you wasn't willing to submit to that lesson? And you've been setting on
God is showing you something that He is bringing you back to. He was trying to teach you something along the way. And you stopped. God never stops. You stopped. You know what it is. You're the one that can press play again on your process. I also don't want to forget about those who are here today that maybe you haven't even begun the process. Maybe you didn't realize that the number one promise is heaven. That's promised land. That's our eternal promised land. And maybe you haven't even begun to step on the journey. Or maybe you started the journey and somewhere you just left the path. Today's your day to come back. Today's your day to pick up the promise again. Ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. And make heaven your promised land once again. So before we call up the other ones who have already raised their hand, let me ask you, is that you today? else looking around. Today I need to make heaven my promised land. I need to recommit. I see your hands. I need to recommit to the process. I need to hold tight to that promise. Before I call you all up and raise your hands earlier, just repeat this prayer after me so that we can partner with those that are getting ready to make heaven their home, their promised land. Repeat this simple prayer. And you know what? It's not about the prayer. It's not about the person. You could go home today. Maybe you're not ready right now. Maybe tomorrow, if you have tomorrow. Just believe for tomorrow. It's between you and God. I'm just helping you. I'm just helping you fill in the, the, the words right now. Just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I am a sinner. I have been living my life selfishly. I come to you today and ask you to be the leader and the Lord of my life. I accept the sacrifice that Jesus has made for me. Forgiveness and freedom from all my sin. From this day forward, I will no longer be controlled by sin or desire to please myself. But I will follow you with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul and with all my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now the others that raised your hand, you're, you're caught in the process or you put the pause button on your process, I want you to come up today. I want you to come up during the altar right now. And I want you to make a commitment to God to begin the process again to reach the promise. And those that Come on, come on, you raised your hand. Come on up, come on up. This is life change happening right now. You are in the precipice of a miracle. Don't lose out. 
giao for you. Don't forget what the promise is. Submit to the process. God, you see all these standing here today. God, as brothers and sisters in the faith, Lord, we just pray, oh God, that your strength by your Holy Spirit would begin to fill them right where they stand. Strength. Lord, your word says that you are working in us to do that which pleases you to do your will to give us the desire to do your will to have the strength to do what you're asking us to do you are always working in us strengthen these strengthen these with the power of the Holy Spirit to press on through the pain and the process and to hold tightly to the promise to know that that pain is just temporary. That promise is eternal. Build them up. Build them up. Build them up. Continue to press in. Continue to press in. You just need to spend some time with God. It's not about who's praying for you or who's laying hands on you. It's between you and God. You and God. No one else can go through the process for you. No one else can push the pause button for you. You and God. You and God. Push through. Push through. Saints, stand up. Start praying for them. Start praying for them. Start praying for yourself. I still have a feeling there's some of you that are still setting out there that should be up here. Don't lose out. Don't leave today. Don't leave today. There's something powerful in a public declaration, a public commitment. When you come up to the altar and say, yes, that's me, that humbles your heart and strengthens your spirit. We just surrender to you. Press in. Press in, people. Press in.